my God. Mondays are always janky. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Monday here. It is always challenging. Wi-Fi is challenging. Miscommunication is challenging. Happy Monday. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. My favorite thing to do is to check up with people, talk, chat, hang out, all the things. I hope y'all had a good weekend. I had a great weekend. I tucked in on Saturday, like tucked in meaning I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. I was at home. I did some laundry. I pulled out some spring bed linen. <laughs> I was cute. I went out yesterday. Uh, I went to the symphony and heard uh, candidate number three. Let me tell you something. This this um this um symphony new music director search is like American Idol of New Haven. <laughs> it's like it's like American Idol of the of the symphony world. <laughs> it was spirit. It was a spirited concert. Uh, I have my favorite, and it has not changed. But uh, Perry So was uh, spirited. Uh, you know, I was sitting here listening to music, and I was like, the pieces that he he uh, he uh, conducted is how I always imagine symphonies to be, right? Like I just always imagine symphonies to be like that. And uh, so, so listening to it, I was like, that's how I imagine. You know, when I when I was a kid, I used to listen to um, the pops, the pops play in Boston, you know, the pop symphony orchestra in Boston. So I used to listen on the radio to them. And so sitting there yesterday at Lyman, uh, listening to the New Haven Symphony uh, under the direction of uh, Perry So took me back to that moment, those moments of listening to that big music, you know, that big symphony music. Um, that that you associate symphonies with, you know, and he play, he kicked it off with uh, uh, a Cuban piece by um, our, uh, I think it's our Arcana by uh, the woman that was just here. Uh, uh, she was amazing. I saw her at the spring um, concert for the Yale Jazz School Music Program under uh, Escafre. Anyway, uh, that was that was pretty amazing, and uh, and I saw her in real life. She was just here. Had I known that was who she was, I would have ran up on her and got a picture, you know. But I didn't know about who she was until after the fact. So, um, but anyway, so that was my Sunday, and then and then we all we we went to Rawa for dinner, which was nice, which was really nice to gather with people. Uh, Alicia and her family, Ife, and uh, Dr. Jonathan Berryman, you know, who, you know, we just adore. So it was just, uh, it was a good weekend. Friday, uh, I don't think, wait, let me double check. I don't think I did anything on Friday. I think I was, uh, wait, let me see, because, you know, I'd just be, yeah, no, I didn't do anything on Friday. Or Saturday. I mean, we had LSAT Academy, which was nice because I could do it from my bed. And then uh, yesterday, happy birthday, Aunt Nancy and 
South Carolina. Yesterday was her birthday. She's my aunt and my Sora. Uh, and then today is uh, Patrick Dunn's birthday. Happy birthday, Patrick Dunn. So if y'all see Patrick Dunn out there in these streets, tell him Bab said happy birthday. Or you just tell him yourself. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what I have on tap. I've got some folks I need to call back. The Lieutenant Governor, Susan Weisswick, will be on sometime this week. Um, she's got an announcement that she is going to make. Uh, and she, by the time she comes on my show, she probably would have already made it. Because uh, we were trying to have her on this morning. But uh, I believe I dropped the ball. I didn't follow up with her press, pe- with her, her chief of staff or the folks that handle her communication. Um, you know, you just get, I mean, it's just, it just gets challenging sometimes trying to stay on top of all the responsibilities. I'm not, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. <laughs> it's just, just an observation, just an observation. So, um, so yeah, so she'll be on this week and she'll be on like early, like she'll cut into the nine o'clock word on the street is coming up at about nine 45. I think that's what Paul said. And it's a bright day, Paul, so you better have some bright news. <laughs> I want to see how people feel about spring. Are people feeling spring? We've had such a mild winter. Okay. Okay, no worry. Well, you know what, Paul, if you haven't left the house, it's all right. <laughs> it's it's The day has already started out challengingly. <laughs> It's it's always it's already a challenge. I couldn't get it on my computer. My Wi-Fi wasn't letting me up, and I was on the I was on the email with Samantha from the Lieutenant Bicewitz office, ch- trying to c- communicate with them. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> my my accountant is texting me like, "You better drop your damn taxes off." <laughs> so I got. So, a lot of pots in the air <laughs> and and i'm drinking my spa water and by spa water i mean um you know cucumber lemon ginger infused water because i got to be hydrated you know and as i'm aging i can feel the dryness in my skin and that's because i'm not drinking enough water so i have to drink a little bit more water oh there's my camera doing its own thing I feel like I got to hit it. (laughs) Let me hit it. You know, I used to have a, those big TVs that sat on the floor and the color would go out and you just go smack it. I don't know if that was such a good idea, but that's what we used to do back in the olden days. (laughs) In the olden days, that's what we used to do. So uh, let me see what else is going on. I don't even know what's going on. I, I've just been so not tuned in uh, to uh, uh, politics, except you know on the on the periphery a little bit. That's all right. Uh, I know there was a lot going on this weekend. I know the African American Women's Summit happened. I didn't get over there, and uh, something at Next Haven, the Suites and something or other. So they they it sounded like it was a wonderful event of young, up and coming, young uh, creatives all in a space together um, doing their thing. So uh, I just needed, I had to take a day cause I, you know, I run these streets ragged and there's, a, I'm, I'm, if, you know, when I take some time off 
away from stuff. I'm oh, I'm going to miss things. That's just I'm I'm at peace with that. <laughs> I'm just going to be at peace with understanding that there are things that I'm not going to be able to make all the things. I'm just not going to make them. And I'm good with that. You know. And and I'll just go, "Damn it, I missed that." But, you know, that's just what it is. Because your body will if you don't if you don't get in tune with your body, your body will say f you and shut it shut you down like your body will just shut itself down and uh and my body will my body be like baz we can't do no more and boop <laughs> and i'm on my back for 48 hours 72 hours so uh so i i needed to just not go anywhere not be anywhere not do anywhere just sit down and that's what i did so i was just chill it's a very chill weekend. A very, very chill weekend. And the weather looks pretty good. Although I think it's going to rain this afternoon into the night. So I think it's going to be damp today, in the later today, and then sometime tomorrow to be damp, you know. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I mean, we really cannot complain. Uh, my, my, my prayers uh, to the folks in Mississippi, like my heart goes out to the people in Mississippi. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just to see that level of devastation. But, you know, uh, it's been storm after storm after storm for folks down in the, that tornado beltway, right? Like um, record amounts of snow in California and out in places where it should not be snowing anymore. And I mean, it's just... You know, you know, I was watching Good Morning America and I watched the sister who her restaurant, she got her co her workers into into the freezer and that saved them because the, the tornado devastated the restaurant and the only thing that was left standing was the freezer. It's so sad. It is unbelievably sad. I don't even know how you rebuild after that. And do you rebuild there? And it's a whole town, right? So it's not like the town could be like, well, we'll just pick the town up and move it somewhere else. That, that's not how you do that. Individual people could say that, but a whole town can't do that. You know, um, so now they got to jump through the hoops and, you know, wait for daybreak and look at the devastation and figure out how to dig from under it and just try to move forward one foot in front of the other but uh i i sincerely am holding them in my in my prayers um that they that they 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 get a helping hand so that they can rebuild and get back to their lives and i and and i i say that with all ease but the reality is it's going to take a long time um, and it was a couple of uh, folks lost their lives. Um, last count, I think it was 25. So, but it'll probably be higher, you know, it'll probably be higher. Um, as they go through and, and inventory the damage and, you know, see if they could, you know, dig through and, you know, so, uh, it's these kinds of catastrophes that uh, 
make us realize that we need each other, that we need each other, that we all need each, we need each other. We just need each other. And, uh, and we keep getting these examples. And I dare say we probably get these examples because we seem to forget um, that we need each other. So, uh, Jonathan Majors, I don't got no thoughts on that right now. I'm going to let the dust settle. You know, he got arrested this weekend in New York with, I guess, his girlfriend. They was, I don't know. I'll wait till the dust settle because there's a lot of stuff coming to the surface about this thing. Well, about him and, and his treatment of people previously. So I tell you, when they come for you, they come for you. When they come for you, they come hard. Uh, so I, I, I don't got no... I, I don't have any early opinions about what has happened. That's it. I'm not I'm not taking sides. I'm not shying away. I'm just saying I have no opinions on it. I'm gonna wait till the dust settles and see what shakes out, and then I'll speak on it. Right now, though, I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. I I, I is it me? Or is Florida trying to win the most stupidest bunch of people in a state contest? <laughs> I I don't even know if I want to talk about them. Parents getting upset about the Michelangelo statue. <laughs> you know, the Roman statue from like 8,000 million years ago. And they think it's pornography. I don't know what they smoking and drinking in Florida, but I don't want no parts of it. I think they are trying to have the the they I think they're trying to vie for the the dumbest state in the union. And 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 I used to think that like Mississippi, Alabama, those places held that title. But I think Florida is really trying to make some moves to be the stupid state. <laughs> I don't even, I, I'm gonna let Italians deal with that. <laughs> I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let bona fide Italians clap back and whatever they say, I'm with. Cause I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how you look. I don't know. I, I don't get it. You know, at first, first they didn't want to do African-American AP courses and black history and whining about critical race theory that they can't even define that they don't know what it is but you know they got a they got a stupid governor and i don't even know if he's really stupid or if he's pretending to be stupid because his citizens are stupid and he wants their votes so stupid is a stupid does you know what i mean like i i'm just trying to i mean because that's a real that's a real act right, to dumb down enough so that you could be a representative to the dumb people so that they could vote for you because they feel some affinity for you because you're stupid like they're stupid. I, I, that's the only way I could, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to lead your people to the highest intellectual place that they could be why wouldn't you want the highly educated? If you have the means to educate your 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 state, why wouldn't you do it? And if you could put in front of them 
the greatest works of art in the world and have real discussion uh, about that so that they their minds are prepared for the rest of the world that already understands you know intellectual pursuit why would you not want that i don't if, if, let me tell you something. If I'm in the admissions people across this country and I see applicants from Florida, mm. if I'm an admissions admin somewhere, anywhere in the state, in the country, and I see applicants from Florida, They they wouldn't be on my 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 list of students to come to my school. I, I don't know if you can educate that out unless they prove to me that they want to be educated out of the foolishness that is Florida. And and you know, I I I'm I think maybe some are. But for the most part. I don't know. That just freaks me out. I I don't. This is beyond just political, Josh. Jo, you know, jousting. This is serious stuff. And and the best way to control people is to keep them stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like if you are afraid that if they have intellectual awareness, that somehow or other that's a dangerous thing. I think the danger is in the ignorance of people, you know, the ignorance. And speaking of ignorance, so so we're at the symphony on Sunday, me and Ife, we're sitting in our row. And so the guy, a white couple behind us, and you know, the gall of white people really get on gets on my nerves. Um, so so the 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 white couple behind us, the guy, you know, at the end of the concert, we stand up. And he he goes to Ife, oh, your hair is beautiful. Can I touch it? And you know, I said, hell no, you can't touch your hair. So he goes, why? It's beautiful. I said, first of all, she's not a pet. Well, I didn't think she was a pet. Yes, you did. The fact that you are wanting to touch her hair do you know her are your hands clean who are you and it, when she says no why are you not respecting the no why do you think she needs to lead her head over so you can run your nasty ass white hands into it oh my god i had to i had to move <laughs> i just thought that was galling And then, and, then, and then he proceeds to say, well, when I was in college, I had a black friend named Earl <laughs> who let me touch his hair. And I'm like, and, and he's, this is an old guy. This, these, they're old couple. They're not, they're not 20. They're late 60s, 70s. I mean, they're old people. I was like, oh my God. No, he didn't say when I was in college, I had a black friend. <laughs> White people and your black friends, stop it. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, 
and we used to listen to Lou Rawls records. <laughs> I swear to God, because white people love to say this. They love to say, well, you know, I listen to Lou Rawls. You know, the ones old, you know, older. I, you know, I, I like a good Lou Rawls song. <laughs> Oh, white people, white people, white people, stop whiting. <laughs> oh, just stop whiting. So Ife got quite like she just, I don't, I think she was just in shock. I was so annoyed. I was about to get into it with him. And uh, I was like, listen. So, so then he was like, okay, well, go in peace. And he's like yelling at us, go in peace. I, I didn't even. I, I saw some friends of mine and uh, I went and talked to them because I was like, if you don't shut the F up, but I I didn't say that. I just kept it moving. But the, I, see, this is, this is, I don't think white people understand the gall of that, the nerve of that, the, the hubris in that, to think that just because they ask that we should acquiesce. That we should just, oh, okay, master, you sure can't touch my head. Hmm. I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't. Stop touching black people's hair. Stop touching us, period. Ah, we're not pets. We are not pets. You know, when you're on the street, you see white people on the street and people on the street with dogs and cats and stuff. You go up and touch dogs and stuff. We are not that. Oh my God, my nerves. Let me drink some more spa water. Usa. <laughs> so that was that was Sunday. It didn't ruin my Sunday. It was a it was a momentary thing. It was just a few moments. But it it got on my nerves though. It really, it really got. On. I was just like, if y'all don't, if y'all don't stop with this mess, like literally stop. And he was dead serious. And then he's gonna be like offended because she says no. <laughs> he's like, but it's so it's so beautiful. I, I don't give a damn. Listen, when you at the Louvre in Paris, and you look at the Mona Lisa, and you be like, oh man, that's so beautiful, and you commence to go step toward it guess what happens to you you think you could get close to the mona lisa because you find it beautiful and you want to touch it there's a reason so i'm just dear white people stop trying to touch black people not our hair not our skin nothing stop touching us <laughs> it's assault that's how i'm gonna start saying it you put your hands on me without my permission without my consent it's assault stop it i don't give a damn if you think it's just hair it's not yours you know what put your hands in your wife's hair And his wife was trying to calm, like, shh, shh, stop, stop, shh. Because she knew, she knew what time it was. Because I know she was like, Lord, Black Jesus, I don't need this smoke. <laughs> These are Black women. 
And I already know this is going to be a problem. Yes, girl, it's about to be a problem. Get your man, get to stepping because this is going to be a problem. And he was like, and wait, 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 wait. And then he's like, he, he literally reaches his hands out to touch her. I was like, listen, I will push your ass down all these chairs and I will be locked the hell up, but I will do it. Because what you're not going to do, <laughs> you're not going to just take liberty because you feel you feel like you can't because you, it doesn't it never occurs to you that someone might not want you to put your hands in their hair who you don't know not related to, ain't never seen before in your life because you think it's beautiful. That's that colonizer mentality that is ingrained in white folks. I take what I want. That's the, It's that mentality. I take what I want, I do what I want. And devil may care, right? Uh-uh, bruh. Let me help you out. So... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> that was Sunday. <laughs> it's Monday. It's a whole other day. I've got Susan Clinard coming up at 10.15. I'm delighted to talk to her. I, I'm such a fangirl of her. Such a fangirl. Uh, she's beautiful. She's talented. She's smart. And she's one of these women that just gets it about the world. She has some real understanding about the world and people and you, and it reflects in her art. I think I, I you know, I, I saw the piece that she did for uh, Simi, uh, the sculpture that she did for Simi. And it's just lovely, 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 lovely. Um, uh, I, 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 I think she has a real affinity for black and brown people because she so lovingly captures their likenesses. You know, and it's an eerie, scary kind of thing. People have that ability to sort of capture likenesses of people. You know, I, I'm, and I'm fascinated by people who can just sort of look at someone and then get a medium and sculpt it into into them. I'm I'm just fascinated by that by that ability. That that to me is divinity. That's a level of divinity that few of us will know. You know, yeah, everybody's an artist. I believe that everybody's an artist, everybody's a poet. Full stop. But there are there are artists among us who just are ethereal. And she 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 is one of those for me. You know, she really has a a, a divine eye. Um and uh, and I want to talk to her, talk to her about it, about you know, how does she how does she come to this work and what moves her and and you know where where does she see beauty and and uh, is there is there a piece she ever, she wants to sculpt like is there somebody out there that she'd like to you know do something with I don't know I don't know how sculptors think I don't know where they get their their inspiration from you know my my friend Dana King out there in San Francisco who just did you know she did um uh, William Lanson here but she just finished um you know last year or a year or so ago the uh, um. Uh, Huey Newton's uh, uh, likeness, and you know he was fine. <laughs> so she did his, and I, I, and I, I like to go to Oakland just so I could see it, just so I could 
just so I could put eyes on it, you know. I think I think sculptors and artists of that like are enjoying a a renaissance at the moment. For me, it started with uh, the brother who who did the uh, the statue of Sing Sing K of Sing Pei, uh, uh, the Amistad in front of City Hall, which is really nice, which still moves me to this day, even when I'm you know, I I remember when it was first put, and I I'm still moved by it, you know. So uh, there's something to be said about these these works of arts that we put up in tribute to an event, a time in history, people, you know. Uh, I I want to go see the embrace in Boston. And it's I mean, people took a lot of criticism about it. You know, people had a lot of opinions. What is it? You know, it looked erotic. It looked, you know, but that, that's in your own mind. <laughs> Because what the what the artist has intended uh, is what the artist created. Now, how you interpret that, how you envision it, how you come to look at it and deal with it—that's that's some other thing. That's on you. And and I dare say, I think artists sort of like that. You know, they they kind of like when people sort of, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh oh. It must. Hey, Paul, I see you. So it must be somebody I don't like. <laughs> it must be somebody I don't like. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it at that because you know. Don't listen. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> and it. And listen. It's not that many. It's not. It's few people that I just dislike. It's it's only a handful, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who just don't dig me either. I I don't really spend that much time thinking about that. Like I don't spend any time thinking about that because I'm like, oh, there's people who don't like me. <laughs> like I'm I'm always like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you don't like me? I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people who don't like me. I don't I don't give it a whole lot of thought. I just, I don't, I don't even, how do you spend time thinking about who doesn't like you? I guess, I guess when I was a kid, I mean, everybody, I guess everybody does, everybody wants to be light. Everybody wants to get picked for the kickball team, right? I don't know. I, I, I at this point, at 60, I can't, I can't, <laughs> at 60, I really got to be thinking about who doesn't like me. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, I wish I what? <laughs> I'm like, you spending some time saying that about me? Like you don't like I what do you want me to do about that? <laughs> All right, here's the thing. At some point I'm gonna die. And then what? <laughs> You're gonna like me less, more? I don't know. Yeah, I'll just uh, leave it leave it in God's hands. That's all I could do. So so anyway, um, you know, we took our LSATs last Saturday, uh, practice LSATs. And uh, and so I just took this week off. Last week I just I didn't get up and study not one thing. I mean, I had one-on-one study, but I didn't study like I've been getting up at five. And I was gonna do it this morning, but I was like, I need one more day. So tomorrow morning I get back into it. <laughs> 
because I there's a score that I want. And the only way I'm going to get to that score is if I drill down and I got to drill down. So you'll probably see less and less of me, particularly since I got to make my way to Marrakesh uh, at the end of the, at the end of April, uh, I got to make my way to Marrakesh and, uh, and I'm not doing any study in Marrakesh. Maybe I might do some, I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't, I don't really want to, but we'll see. I might have to get an hour in every day because this is important. And listen, to study in an exotic place, come on, somebody. <laughs> come on. To study in someplace exotic, that's the ultimate flex. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bring my laptop or not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. I got time. So I try to travel light. I don't want to carry a whole lot of stuff. I don't, pay, I don't take a whole bunch of luggage. So, uh, um, so that part, you know, I really don't want to carry a whole lot of stuff. So, uh, and I like to go as light as possible because that's it. I don't, I don't have any desire to, to do much more than that. And, uh, you know, just, you know, have a good time and, uh, that's it. Eat, drink, and be merry and party with some people. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So Paul's out there on the word on the street, scouring these mean streets of New Haven. And uh, <laughs> I guess he ran up on somebody because he's like, I don't think this would be a good idea. Well, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I didn't get a chance to see uh, Get On Your Feet at the Schubert, but I hear it was good. And I hear people were dancing in the aisles. And that's a good sign, right? That's that's a good time. That's a good time. So I'm going to make my way to barbecue because I'm doing the talk back April 6th. So I'm going to be in the studio for that. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to check that out. Uh, uh, and uh, so I'm excited about that because creative co uh, collective consciousness is, is has opened their doors again and putting some productions in place. So uh, looking forward to uh, uh, seeing the play and uh, seeing the people catch me in it. <laughs> catch me in it. Catch me in it. So. And then uh, I had to figure out my monitor. So I'm, I, may, I may have to take it to Best Buy and be like, you know, this is the problem. This is the problem. It seems to be the camera or whatever. I don't know. Eh, it's always something, isn't it? I don't want to buy a new monitor. I really don't. I might have to, though. We'll see. I don't know what else to do. I haven't really taken it apart to see like if I need to jingle the cables or whatever. So I'll figure that out another time. Uh, I'll figure that out another time. Uh, I, let me see. I don't know what else is going on. I should pay attention uh, a little bit more. So this week I'll make a point of uh, high five to uh, Kalila Dean 
Kalila Brown Dean is getting the 12th 50th anniversary. Uh, she's gonna she's getting the uh, the first the inaugural uh, Constance Baker Motley Award from the Connecticut Women's Education and Legal Fund. So Judge Motley's legacy of service and community uplift uh, is one that she strives to emulate. So she she is getting that award uh, soon. <laughs> Uh, so, so I sent her a note, high five, uh, Kalila, no one more deserving than you. And then I will see her um, for reimagining public safety at Wesleyan. Um, she is, she is the moderate, she is moderating a, a panel of this very necessary conversation. And then uh, myself and uh, uh, Alexis from, I want to say she's from Stanford. We are, we are, um, kind of like doing the talk back, you know, the town hall, we are moderating the town hall conversation. So after everybody goes through this day of conversation around public safety and what needs to happen, um, and you know, what what they imagine, what they learn, all that kind of stuff, at the, at the end of the day, uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, moderating a town hall to see where people are with uh, public safety reimagining public safety safety and i i like that i like reimagining public safety um because it's important and uh and when and i think when we say defund the police i i think what we what we're really saying is we like to reimagine um uh public safety in our communities that's really what that is you know you know instead of weaponizing defund the police and people are so stupid, right? They just, they just take that literally. It's just, and I'm, and I don't apologize for calling people stupid because they don't want to do the intellectual stretching that is required to understand what is being said. Language is a tool through which you communicate by. It is not the be all or end all. Like nothing is concrete. So when you hear defund the police, take a take an intellectual leap and say. What, do, what does this mean? Well, you know what it means? It means reimagining how we fund police departments across this country. Do we want to militarize police department? Does that make us safe, safer knowing that my police department has a tank? It's stuff like that. That's, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff we get to think about. Hey, Paul Bass. Hi, how you doing, Babs? Say good morning to Nigel. He's here on Scranton Street in West River. This Babs, the host of Love Babs, Love Talk. Hey, Nigel. Nigel, what's the word on the street? What are you up to this morning? Working. You're working. Yes, it's Monday morning. Monday Did you work morning. on the weekend? He's just starting now. So we're on Scranton Street. We're at a house on Scranton Street. It's kind of near St. Ray's. Who lives here? Um, this is a safe haven building. It's a Liberty Safe Haven building? Yeah. What does that mean? It's for uh, people... For people now liberty has the building downtown right on state street so they have other properties too and what's your job with them building maintenance all right so what's gonna be your job here today on building maintenance and would you feel comfortable taking off the mask if i step back or something just because we get it okay it's okay you don't have to man so now how long you've been working for liberty safe haven a few months few months what were you doing before that um Excuse me? I sell cars. Oh, you sell cars? Yeah. At a business or just on your own? My, on my own. Oh, yeah? How'd you get into that? Just, um, 
I mean, like, how do you get the cars to sell and stuff? I'm hustling auction. Uh-huh. Oh. You go to auctions? Yeah. When was the last auction you're at? Statewide. Meriden. Meriden. When was that? Last week. No, so not this weekend, but the one before? Yeah. Are they always on Saturday? Um, no, not on Saturday. They run Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, yeah? Monday and Wednesday. And how'd you get started on that? Yeah, I oh, you got to go? Yeah. Okay. I mean, anyway... I hope you have a good day on the street, man. Hey, Babs, I'm sorry that got a little aborted. I've had a number of conversations <laughs> like that here around Scranton Street and Goodwood. I think I've been asking too many questions this morning. <laughs> yeah, you look too like many. the popo. Do you have any words for people? Any advice? No? No? Okay. It's rough out there. Okay. Hey, Nigel, I hope you have a great day, buddy. Thanks for chatting. So, Babs, I guess I got a late start this morning. We got a little mix-up on the schedule. I ran into a whole bunch of people. There's one person I almost came on the air with, and I realized he was a really nice guy. The more questions I was asking, the more it was going to have to probe with the stuff he might not want to say. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry about the aborted, uh, aborted Monday morning here. On Listen, that just means people like people people are into things, and they're like, "Don't put the light on my business." <laughs> I'll tell you, Nigel he clearly had some interesting stuff going on there with the cars and the. Liberty self payment. Yeah, yeah Nigel's <laughs> like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> he had a mask on, everything. I was like, he didn't want to take the mask off. I, I don't think that's a COVID. health reason. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, but I realized how sometimes I'm so stupid. I don't realize until after the fact about something. Like, I really thought he was worried about health. <laughs> but he clearly didn't want the mask off for some other reason. It had nothing to do with health. We were outside. I was <laughs> Or, oh, I see. You don't want to be seen. <laughs> I loved how he stepped away in the middle of the interview. That was He's like, funny. okay, you asking me too many questions. I got to go now. <laughs> and you know, you know what? The thing is, too, he's working. So he might feel like if the, if my the people that I work for see this, they might think I'm not working or I'm promoting my other thing or while I'm working. You know what I mean? Like it could be all kinds yeah. of interpretations. And he so, got uncomfortable when I asked about the cars, which he said, you know, yeah. I'm hustling, which means I took it to mean I'm trying to do a lot of things to get by. Yeah. And like life isn't always simple. And the more questions you ask me <laughs> might make it harder to get by. I don't know. And he might have sold somebody a limit. They might be looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> so we might we might have did somebody a solid and didn't even know it. <laughs> There's that guy. There's Nigel. <laughs> Seemed like a nice guy. Was, like a nice guy. So I didn't know uh, Liberty Safe Haven has these other buildings besides their, um, you know, their place on State Street. That was. That oh, was I didn't know either. Street. So that house here on Scranton near Greenwood, it's like you know, it's it's just like a house. It's like a multifamily house there, squished into a corner. And people have been stopping this morning. A lot of them seem to be in some of those circumstances. And and yeah, I guess they must have other buildings. They uh. They house and you know, Liberty Safe Haven is sort of housing first. You know that philosophy where if you got a drug problem, you still get the house, you get the support services, but you can stay someplace safe. But the theory being that your other housing stems from a whole set of related challenges, and that if you if you have housing, it makes easier to meet those other challenges. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, people got to live somewhere, and we can't. You know, since since the city has taken on this stance of bulldozing over 
<laughs> Ten cities. We got to figure out something. <laughs> you know, I just, I just can't stand that. But. I caught that story about Ife at the symphony. That's incredible. Oh, I oh mean, my it, goodness! It, it it really got it's 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 uh it's it that happens more than I can tell you with folks with white folks. I guess, I guess what struck me was that. I mean, all of us white people say stupid, you know, have blind spots, but you hear that story so often that, like, you think that in 2023, people have heard that story enough that you know not to do something that rude. I don't know. But he he really didn't feel like it was rude. He really felt like because he asked that she should have allowed him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I asked you, why why can't I touch you? <laughs> And I he guess just I, was like, yeah. I was just bothered by the gall of it, you know, the nerve yeah. to just, and then not to accept the no, right? Like right. to go on and explain why he should be allowed to do it. I was like, what? Thing is, we've heard that story so many times. That's the part. Like, it sounds like that guy never heard that story. <laughs> well, I mean, you know I, I, I mean? just think people just don't think black people are humans. I, that's what it is yeah. for me. You just think of us like you think of pets. Yeah. You know, when people go, you know, when people walk on people on the street, Paul, and they touch their pets. Oh, your dog is so cute. Yeah. You know. That must feel horrible, go to Symphony and experience that. I don't know. It's just like, why do you have to deal with crap like that if you're going out to have a nice time? I don't know. I know. I know. But that's that's the world in which we live in. And we try to educate and re-educate people. And sometimes we just punch people. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes we're Nigel and we find a way to make it work. My car's on Wednesday and maintenance on Scranton Street on uh, Monday. Ah, that is so funny. Well, you, 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 uh, you be careful out there in these streets, Paul, because I'm not worried. It's a nice day. It is a nice day. It is a nice day. That was, that was pretty good. Well, you know what? The thing is, when you allow people to sort of see how hard it is to talk to people on the street, because I mean, for the most part, it's we we've had great success, but there are moments like this where people are like, mm -mm. <laughs> "I do get I do get about five of those a day." By the way, before I come on the air, the guy before him was very eager to this guy Yusuf. He starts telling me how he lives. Well, some parts of the week he lives in here, part of the week in Waterbury, part of New Haven. And I said, oh, well, are you homeless? And he really wanted to come on the air, but this answer sort of weren't making sense. And he had a kind of sniffle that, you know, we recognize is sometimes meaning something doesn't have to be, you know, he's yeah. really nice. And I was asking about being homeless and he kind of was, kind of wasn't. I asked what he does for work. He says environmental. And then he said, like, I look at this tree and I wonder, does it need some work? Which is cool, right? But it wasn't adding up to something that was going to make him look particularly great on the air i thought and, and you know what's great you're listening to love babs love talk on wnhh lp 103.5 fm your home for community radio yeah harry sent me a message we gotta wrap this up <laughs> okay bye bye babs <laughs> thank Have you paul babs i appreciate you <laughs> same here thank you thank you harry all right so we're gonna be back with susan clint out of 1015 um the sculptor artist and uh and we'll have a good conversation so right now i'm gonna take a break i'll be back in 15 minutes <laughs>
While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org.
seductive way and it flows like a river the same way every day and I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life who winks at you and makes you feel fine cause it's a long way down the river and it's a long way home and I hope you have someone special in your life smiles with you and helps you have fun and the old man in the tall house next door to me walks his old dog every day and I watch as he walks by my window And one day I'm gonna say hey And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time
back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm delighted this morning. Susan Clinard is one of my favorite people. She is a divinely talented artist. And uh, I just got to know her in the last, I knew of her, like I knew of her, like like everybody knows of luminaries. Uh, but I, I actually got to spend a little time with her in some spaces. And I just really just admire and dig her. Welcome, Susan Clinard. Thank you, Babs. I'm so happy to be here. And I adore you too. I really believe you. <laughs> this is this is adoration day. <laughs> yep. So Susan, uh, you are a world-class sculptor and an artist and all these kinds of things, but you're not from New Haven. Nope. Where are you from? Uh, born in Ohio and moved all over as a kid. Uh, come from a big family. And wherever my dad got a better job, he's an engineer, worked at Ford, and we would just pick up and go. Uh, and I lived in North Carolina, I lived in Canada, I lived in Michi many places in Michigan, Ohio. But I really call my home Chicago because that's where I really, I was a young woman, I was there for 15 years. It's really where my sculpture took off, it's where my, my spirit, um, felt grounded and blossomed and where I met just uh, it's it's I call it my home basically even yeah. though I live in New Haven and I do love it but Chicago will always be my home <laughs> oh yeah I mean listen all that deep dish pizza <laughs> except for the pizza New Haven is way better yay pizza. better yay so Susan when did you know you were an artist did, did you grow up in an artistic family like were you given crayons and things to play with? Like, when did you know that you had this ability? I was always um, making things as a kid. Like, I'll never forget, be, you know, there were six of us. So my mom would just throw us in the backyard and just let us have that, like, whatever. And I remember making mud pies and shoot. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. So it was always like, figure out what to do. And so it was always inventive play. Um, uh, I remember making dolls, like paper dolls. And it was like the only attention I ever got from teachers growing up, like, oh, you're, you're good. You're good in art because I wasn't like the best, best student. But I, I mean, so it kind of gave me my heart a little thump thump that I knew like, oh, wait, I got something a little special. Um, <laughs> I think when I was 19, I took my first sculpture class and I touched that clay and I, you know, I know this sounds melodramatic, but it was like, holy mother of mother. Like, I get this. Like, it felt good. There was this like immediate like, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, to this day, I just got the goosebumps because it was that real. It was that like a, an awakening experience. So, I mean, I knew I was an artist as a little person. I didn't get my degree in art when I went to school, but uh i just kept on making and making and then what did you get a degree in anthropology <laughs> uh, and like sociology it was like i i did a lot of work with women in prison um i went to U university of michigan um and uh yeah so i knew i love people so much and i love making art so much but no one was ever there as uh in my life as a young person to say you know you can do this you actually could try to make a living as an artist but no one was there um and i think 
that's why I continue to try to give back today because those little voices, even if it's from someone you don't necessarily know all that much, to hear that it is yet another way of understanding this world and validating how you um, absorb this world is a very real thing. And not a lot of not a lot of young people have access to hearing from you know people who are really trying you know eking out a living trying to do this. So, mm. yeah. so tell me about your very first exhibition. Ooh, oh, okay. This is really funny. So it was in in college, and okay, this is I'm going to try to be as appropriate as I possibly can on air. <laughs> But I had my first sweetheart and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to do a life-size torso. But he couldn't wear, he couldn't pose nude because it was that kind of college. You had to be conservative. So I had to imagine all that what's under, underneath the shorts, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and let me just say it was a um, particular position that when my mom, bless her heart, when she came to see the exhibition, and that torso was put up on a pedestal so your eye level <laughs> at like the crotch level she's like oh that's very interesting you know she was trying to reserve but I mean I think about it now I'm in hysterics because I'm like oh mama what she must have thought anyway so boom there it is I've got this big old torso of this young man who's a little excited let's just put it that way didn't know really <laughs> I didn't know. And, uh, and I had a couple portraits in there and uh, people came up and they just kind of, I just remember feeling really good because it's the first time in my life I had some sense of um, uniqueness and my voice was starting to come out. So, mm. <laughs> so now, do you, so you're a painter, a sculptor, what else? Well, I don't know if I'd call myself a painter. I, I try. I don't understand color. Um, I mean, I do collage work. I work with tons of mixed media. I mean, I would say I'm pretty much a sculptor who also enjoys trying to paint. Mm -hmm. I think I'm not a legit painter by any okay. means. Yeah. All right. So, so becoming an artist, a, a working artist to get paid for your work, um, when, did, when did that begin? Like, do you remember the first piece you ever sold? Yes, I remember. So I was a s social worker in Chicago working with um, two agencies with that's under foster, the foster care uh, system. Mm -hmm. And when I finally kind of burnt out from that, I um, decided to try to do this art thing full time. And I remember there was this Russian lady. I can't remember how she found out about my work. But my, my little apartment in Chicago was filled. Every surface had little sculptures and just, it was crazy. People would come in like, what is this place? So she came in and she bought this little figure like this and another little piece. And I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't even tell her how much it was worth. So she just wrote me a check for like a thousand bucks. So a thousand dollars. I mean, I thought I broke the bank. And I, my sister and I, who I live with, we went grocery shopping. <laughs> we thought we were so cool. I was like filling the cart with like just all this stuff that you wouldn't have to, you know, it was great. And it was such a cool feeling. It was such a cool feeling. So when you, when you're, when you're this artist's life, right? Because you're a wife and a mother too, right? So that has to yeah. sort of fit in. 
Um, did you did you have doubts, Susan? Like, did you did you doubt your ability? Did you doubt that this was the calling? Did you doubt that you could you could really make some inroads in this life? Um, there's no question that I uh, was an anxious, nervous wreck a lot. I mean, to, well, I shouldn't say a wreck, but I, uh, in the deepest, let me put it this way, in the deepest, deepest part of me, I knew that what I was doing was what I was put on this earth to do. So let's, let's break it down to that. And as a young woman, you know, having children and like, um, depending on the gig economy, so to speak, where you don't know where your next um, paycheck's going to go to how to pay your, your studio rent and everything. There has to be such a internal strength to um, listen to yourself and, and, and cancel out all that outside noise where um, there's a deep trust. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's called doubt. I mean, I definitely had hard, and I still do, like, I still do, you know, I'm, even though I, I've gotten my work out there a lot and I do sell more or less on a consistent basis, uh, it's, it's a little bit scary from month to month because you don't know, you know, I don't have any gallery that represents me exclusively. Uh, I'm just kind of hustling on my own terms, but I get to be free in that. Um, mm -hmm. nobody's Let's telling me. Talk a little me. bit about that because I, I hear artists talk about that kind of freedom yeah. and, and I g give me some sense of what that means. Well, for one thing, here's something that I hear on a regular basis. Some artists say they, they, let's say they, uh, they make this series of work and the gallery says, oh, those are beautiful. Keep making those, right? So they keep making that or, or they themselves feel like they need to keep in that line. Before you know it, and maybe even you're, you're really truly unaware, sometimes as artists, we begin creating to feed the machine to feed what originally oh. we got attention for or what paid the bill, you know, what sells. And so what happens again, consciously or unconsciously is um, that part of you, that open, free, like experimental part of you begins to close up a little bit. And um, that's, that's to me a kind of a sadder place to be as a creative spirit, because when you're like, Hey, I'm 50 years old. And, you know, every year I'm like, oh man, I just figured out a new way to do something or like, oh, I'm going to try that material. And it makes my work different. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it really works. And I'm like, thank you, God, for like, like, thank you that there's that freedom. Um, and it sounds like, oh, this, what a privilege. It is a privilege. Like living this life is ridiculously amazing um and people say oh it's, she's married and her husband pays the mortgage well let me just tell you i was <laughs> i was a sculptor way before i met my husband back in chicago i was paying my own rent doing my own thing on a sculptor salary um teaching a lot which which balances out the stress of trying to sell your work uh, i taught a lot a lot and um you know, we fell in love, we got married, he's a nerdy scientist, and we moved here. And yeah, and he does. He's French. Yep. 
Yes, and, you're very French. And and very good looking. <laughs> I'll let him know that. Okay. Yeah, let him know. Let him know I I, I admire him from afar because he is good looking. Uh, that's funny. Oh, man. Woo! So anyway. Well, look, he, he called me um, back in the day in Chicago because he took my sculpture class. And really? He made a call ahead of time. And he goes, I would like to know what sculpture I choose to bring to the class. And I was like, ooh, he sounds good. But then when he walked in the sculpture room, I was like, oh, mama. And he's good looking and he's, you know, kind of smart. And well, that kind of sealed the deal. <laughs> I, I love that. I, and I love the way that you occasionally make fun of him uh, in, in such a very lovely, loving kind of way. You know? He can't wait to meet you, Babs. He says, he, the way he says your names, he goes, so is this Babs? You are going to talk to Babs? I'm like, yeah, Babs. Anyway, you spoken know like, Frenchy thing. like a, a true Frenchman. I, I love to hear it. I'm not I, listen, I never tire of it. So 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 you find yourself in New Haven. What's it like? Does it does it is this a creative place for you? Do you feel like this is an artist town? Do you feel like in like like you can create here. I mean, you are creating here, but does it give you enough of that energy that you're like, okay, there's, I, I got a tribe of a community here. Yeah, I, I feel that way in the last five years in particular. I love, I love, New Haven's amazing. New Haven's beautiful. But I'll tell you what, when I first moved here, I was sad as, I was a sad lady. Um, you know, you have young kids, and you're in this bubble. I was in East Rock. I, I'm like, where, where's everybody else? Like <laughs> coming from a big city, you're like, what is this? Or, you know, if you're too locked into the, the Yale's part, you're like, what, it, you know? And, and I was like, oh, if I need to see New Haven, I need to get my butt out and, and figure it out. And I tell this to people who come to New Haven, uh, re relocate to New Haven all the time. Like, don't sit around thinking someone's going to be coming to you. Like you go out and, and figure out the beauty of this city and the diversity of this city and all this city has to offer. So I remember working with Iris right away, the, re, uh, the refugee resettlement mm -hmm. program almost immediately. And that, that was mind blowing, beautiful. Uh, and then I started slowly kind of teaching. I taught at LEAP. Uh, uh, adolescent girls um, like summer program and you know just tried to slowly figure out other how how the rest of this beautiful city and you know so here we are today 2023 um, I feel very appreciated I feel inspired I think that we're in a flux with our arts institutions right now you know mm. things are changing things are on hold. Um, that feels a little bit sad to me, but also hopeful. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of change. I think everyone's a little nervous. We just found out there's no open studios this year. Uh, so if you want to do it, you have to do it on your own. Like artists have to pretty much figure it out for themselves. Um, and do you think that'll happen? Oh, that's a good question. I think like a rector square, since it's such a big, massive place with, I don't know what, 400 artists, you know, if they do it well and they put the time into it, they'll probably organize themselves pretty well. 
Um, I think it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be difficult for other places that, you know, here at the Eli Whitney barn, I know, um, Linda, Linda Minkins, uh, daughter, what's it? Mm -hmm. she, she's running, she's going to do an open studios with Hamden, some kind of arts alliance in Hamden. So it'll be all kind of Hamden artists that will be in the Yeah, barn. Karima, because she's the, uh, Karima, she's right. the uh, town, yeah. town clerk for Hamden. Right. And, and my sorority sister. And her mother is crazy talented. Beautiful. Love her. Love her spirit. Love her work. She's the real deal because nurses are one of my all-time favorite kind of people in this world. So she's got that layering of her history as a nurse mm -hmm. and as an artist, as a mother. She's the most humble. She's just lovely. She's a really, really wonderful person. I um, agree. I adore her. So yeah. You know, and I'm gonna have her on too. She's I just gotta get her warmed up to it, right? Like she's <laughs> so so okay, Susan. So so you found a community here, you're doing your art. Um I saw the piece that was done. Um, you got some good press around the the Sandy Hook piece that you did, or the piece in 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 remembrance of Sandy Hook. And talk a little bit about what what moved you. Like like how did you say I have to do something for this? Because that for me, I'm still in that space. Like I mean, we've had a gazillion shooting since, but for me, I'm still. I'm still struck how we've not, how that wasn't enough of a, of a tragedy to move people's hearts and minds to do something around gun control. Like I'm still stuck in that space. Like we've had a bunch of school shootings since, but for me, that was, that's where I, I, I live at the moment. I still live there. Um, talk to me about what moved you. What did you hear? Did, did God speak to you? Like, what did you know about this? Well, I will 100% agree with you on everything you just said. I'm living, I, I still live there too. And the, the short story is I was in my studio. My son, who's now 18, was just a year older than the little ones who were killed that day. So I'm in that space as a mother too. Like, oh, this is my, these, my, these are babies that are my baby's age. Um, and it's like you couldn't, can't even begin to wrap your head around it, right? And I'm sitting at the at my studio table, and I knew in the deepest part of me, like I wasn't thinking, "Ooh, I'm gonna put this somewhere." Ooh, like this is gonna be for blah blah. It like none of that. When the spirit is there and the intention is pure and quiet and whatever, like it just oozes out and this has happened um for me over the 30 years just a handful of times is the most fluid beautiful experience human experience i've i've ever had because you know you feel like you're just a vessel that truly god the universe call it what uh, is speaking through you and you're just these two set of hands but i just i knew that representing each of those babies or the teachers that died that day in a hyper realistic way didn't that didn't didn't make sense because i could have gone there because i can do hyper realistic stuff 
I said, this is about the spirit. This is about uh, traveling to this other place, these beautiful babies and how a community can heal, how, how a piece can maybe bring a way to breathe again. And that's what I kept. So I had the names of all the little ones next to me and I started making these uh, and pictures, by the way, like little paper, physical, um, very rough, but like versions of them in paper, basically. Uh, it's like, and, and, and I placed all 20 of them into this very elongated boat vessel that had the ribbing of like, the ribbing of the boat was almost like the human rib cage. And what's beautiful about these boats and all of these itty bitties in there is that, you know, they're traveling together. You can see through the boat, you can see through the children. There's a kind of a spirit, spirit-like feel to it, an otherworldly feel to it. And um, placing each, you have to kind of glue each of the figures into the boat and figure out where they're sitting. I mean, I, I remember weeping, just weeping because each child, that's a lot of ba 20 babies, you know, putting mm -hmm. all 20 of them in there. And the day I finished making that, it was a very cold, it was right after the shooting. Uh, it was not right after, cause it took me a couple of weeks to make it. So right after I finished, I took it outside my studio and it was a blistering cold day. And I hung it with uh, fishing lines. So you couldn't see how it was hung. I hung it between two trees because I wanted to take a photograph of it. And the air was still, it was, it was a still quiet morning. I hung that boat up. The immediate, I, I kid you not, the, the second I hung that boat out up, the wind started whipping and the boat was flipping and it was, it was moving around and around and shaking violently. And I just stood there and I wept because it was like, and then it's, and then it went still again. And I take these, um, and I'm sorry if I appear over melodramatic or whatever, but I take those signs from nature and all of the ways that the universe speaks to us as another way of understanding this world. And that rush was so violent and so poor, like gut-wrenching. And then there was peace, you know, the baby, every, it was still. I could take a photo of, of, the, of the boat. Then I exhibited it in Newtown um, about a month later. There was a healing arts exhibition actually organized, partly organizing by parents who just lost their children, which I find a mind blowing. Like, and I, two days later I received a call and this man said, look, I just saw, I saw this boat, my wife and I, we wanna know why you made it. And I talked to him. And he said, we lost our son. I, I'm so-and-so. I don't want to give his name on the air. And he said, we lost our son. And I, we know exactly which one of, we know which one on that boat is our son. And my knees start shaking. I thought I was going to collapse on the ground because it wasn't, he just said, thank you for giving us another way to process this loss. And, you know, and to this day, I almost cry because it's like the power of art can take us places that nothing else can. And mm -hmm. what I mean by not just visual art, but music and other forms of art and literature, it can take us to places nothing else can. And uh, 
it was that instance that I knew again, the reaffirming instance that I'm, this is why I'm here on this earth <laughs> to follow my intuitive self. Uh, and then also um, just that, just tr trust in, just trust in the process and what inspires you. So mm. that's it. Well, I was quite moved by it. I saw the piece and I thought, holy cow, like, I just was so moved by it. I haven't gone to see it in person because uh, I know it's it's on display at a church, right? Or It's it's now permanently at um, St. Rosa's of Lima in Newtown, where mm -hmm. several of the families, um, you know, attend church there. The, the father, Father Weiss, it was there for the 10th anniversary right in the main and then now I think they moved it to the school in the back where the little ones um will be hung there for the little ones um yeah it was a it was difficult to even drive it there and then talk to the father Weiss like holy cow the 10 years after thanks is, uh, it's so difficult like hearing his his pain was so so difficult because now it's just like let us heal no now it's about guns about crazy conspiracy theories people coming and jumping out of their suvs trying to take pictures it's like combating you know the cray craze <laughs> like god can't even let families heal just you know now it's all the crazies i can't even tell you how many like messages i got calling me crazy after um you know, I put the image out there, made a, a video. There wow. Conspiracy theory people like saying, um, you know, but yeah. yeah. Well, so after that, that kind of experience. So talk to me, Susan, about what inspires you? Because I, I, I'm to the point now where I can recognize your work when I see it. And for me, that is such a, you know, because I'm on this artist track. Not not to be an artist, but to respect and uplift artists, because I think artists are the true revolutionaries. They give us voice and vision to what is happening in the world at the moment. And so when I see your work, I am I am I am drawn to it. I'm I'm drawn to it uh, on a lot of levels. One one because you capture the beauty and the depth and the multi complexity of Black people. Like you do, I see it. So I that I find that impressive. Second, um, you you're young and contemporary, but you your work is so deeply moving in old world, old soul. <laughs> Thank you, Babs. And I mean that. I mean, I I see your work. When I see your work, I'm like, that's a cleaner. I know it. <laughs> Thank you, Bev. Uh, that means so much to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've, had, I've been referred, my work has been referred to as both contemporary and timeless in that, you know, there's an oldness to it. There's an, there's a, there's an old feeling to it. And, um, you know, some, I struggle with that, with being a figurative artist, uh, it's kind of come back in vogue now, but you know, when I was in my twenties and even thirties, like figurative art wasn't cool. Like if you weren't doing conceptual art, 
um, yeah, you weren't it, um, but you you see that there's a resurgence, um, you know. So uh, that compliment to me is the greatest gift of all. But you know, at, at 50 years old, it's been a journey because it wasn't always like this. Uh, at the beginning, I would just do the portrait or like the late the person standing there. And I was like, uh, uh, like there is much more to this world than doing the same old, same old. And I was like, there, there's just so many stories to tell. And when people come in my studio and they see all kinds of beautiful faces, they said, what, why? And I was like, I didn't, it wasn't even something that was like, oh, today I'm gonna go in my studio and sculpt a blah, blah, you know. It, it, these are stories and people I have loved, truly loved, and I consider my family, my, um, these are my extended family, these are people I love. So I, I tell stories of people I love and admire. And um, so that's kind of how, how work has evolved. And I kind of live by the words of the great Nina Simone, when she said artists, you know, basically reveal the times in which they live. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so much, there's so, so much angst and beauty out there. Um, I mean, uh, a lot, I've also been criticized about doing too much serious. My work is too serious, it's all sad. And I was like, then you don't know how to look at life because if you can't see the beauty in that person's healing or the process of growing and um, understanding and compassion, then I look at that person who said that to me as someone who hasn't really um, seen the true beauty. I mean, that's that struggles with their own view of beauty um, because we need we need to see that the pain uh, or else like uh, what what is the beauty? I mean, I know I'm sounding cliche right now, but you know, you have to you have to have them both because without the one, there's not the other, right? Mm -hmm. So what excites you? What excites you now? So we got a few more minutes. What excites you? Like what 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 makes you jump out of the bed and run to the studio? What is, what is it? Um, a project I'm working on right now that I can't tell you about, but it's. A <laughs> it, it, in, in a nutshell, it's honor. It's honoring people who are in their late 80s that are New Haven peeps and who are ridiculously beautiful. And that story will come out and um, having them sit in my studio for and sculpt their faces and hear their stories just is out, just makes my heart go crazy. Excited. Oh, I'm fascinated because we yeah. tend to wanna, you know, we, we live in a society that's so youth driven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. younger tighter skin no wrinkles no gray hair like you just like youth right so so i'm fascinated by um that you capture people uh at that because like 80 is like the new 60 right like <laughs> like people are doing all kinds of amazing things that late in uh you know in the late late latter part of their lives right um and i don't think we do enough to celebrate that or capture that's that. true and and even uh and I always find it interesting too, is that sometimes we, we as a society, we don't honor and recognize our older, you know, uh, especially those that have given back so much in communities and in, in, their, in their, their art form or whatever. 
um, until they've passed on because there has to be so many meetings to talk about it and how are we going to do this? And I was like, they're living right now. Let's do it now. They can feel it. They can, you know, like now. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, you're exciting, Babs. You're, you are inspiring. I'm like, this girl. woman's getting out constantly. Her <laughs> spirit is full. She is, uh, you're doing, you know, you're an inspiring human being. And I just, yeah, I, I, I appreciate us getting to know one another. And um, it, I feel like New Haven had this other like whole like layer of onion skin that peeled away um, in the last couple of years of beautiful people like yourself that I've met. So well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm such a fan of you and your work. I'm gonna make my way to your studio because Please. I want to I want to walk in there and feel all the all the things. And uh yes, the Clint Art Sculpture Studio. And uh, and I, I didn't get a chance to do it at open studios. And I'm so bummed that I didn't because you had a whole thing going on and I wanted to, but I'll, I'll I would make my year. way. Yeah, I'll do it this year. I'll I'll join the Hamden artist and uh I would love to see you, but you know what, Babs, you can come anytime. You can come anytime. I appreciate anytime. that. I appreciate <laughs> that. And, and thank you for my, my, my piece of sculpture that you gifted me. That was part of my exhibit at uh, Hidden Visions, um, um, Freedom Dreams that was at Creative Arts Workshop and it was in my display case. And Which I was, was like, by yeah. the way, an awesome, that was an awesome show. Wasn't Truth that great? Great. I, I love that so much. I was sad to see when I when I walked back in to see everybody taking their stuff down and it was gone. I was like, oh, it's like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this, you know, not to see that artwork hanging and the sculptures. And I was just like, oh, this I hope hurts. I hope you photographed that that wall where everybody wrote on. Did you? Oh, lots of people photo? photographed it. Nico but Whedon took a really great photo of it. Yes, that was that was that was probably my favorite thing. <laughs> that was great, great, great. So, now you have that bench up in your house or something. Well, it's or it's on my porch, wrapped up. <laughs> okay, it's, it's gonna make its rounds. It's gonna be in the um, Six Dimension show by Juanita Sunday. Nice. That's coming this summer, so I'm gonna put it in her her exhibit because this thing can't. I don't got no space in my house. It got yeah. it's, it's got to keep moving. <laughs> so susan it was such a joy and a delight to have you as my guest this morning thank you babs i'm i i really really appreciate it and hope you have a beautiful like the sunny day you get out and enjoy the sun i am i do my best before it rains yep but that's all right <laughs> thank you susan clinard i will see you, you soon <laughs> all right bye 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 thank you bye. harry droz thank you paul bass i'm out i'll be back tomorrow y'all make it a good day don't hurt nobody I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> <laughs>